2: I <laughs> <clears> oh. <throat> My test one, two, my test one, two. My test one, two, three. My test one, two, three. My test one, two. My test one, two. My test, test one, two, three. My test one, two, three. hello hello hey Jay I'm so sorry
0: man we couldn't find the well I couldn't find the uh, call ID so I had to call Rick back and get that again and everything so my apologies for the delay
1: Oh, no worries, man. No worries. So, how are you doing today?
0: I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you.
1: Awesome. And you're, is it is it Elias or Elias?
0: Yeah, Elias,
1: yeah. I'm sorry. Your phone was breaking up. Did you say Elias or Elias?
0: No, I'm sorry. It's Elias,
1: yes. Yeah. A- Elias, okay. All yeah. righty then. Oh, I'm excited to talk to you today, and uh, this uh, re- interviews actually being pre-recorded we're actually going to play this next not this friday but the following friday on the 17th so um cool. this will be pre-recorded the week before the record comes out and i'm i'm sad that this is the the last record from you guys i i remember here manifesto for the first time a while back and um one of my writers, uh, one of my former writers, Kevin Davis, who does the Behind the Song yeah. for a New Release Today, uh, did the Behind the Song on that. And I was uh, actually listening along when he did that call with you. And it was cool being able to you know, be taken behind the story of that song. And I, even seven years later, still love that song. It's one of my favorite songs.
0: Wow, thank you, man. That's so cool. It's funny, yeah, I was so actually just uh, literally stopping, stepping away from the edit of the live video for that from this album to talk to you so it's funny that you mentioned that oh first. that's cool yeah
1: yeah and I got a chance to listen to the live record and it's it's, it's amazing I I was probably one of the first ones to get it because I think it was had just got finished being mastered and they uh, sent it over and Rick told me that I was one of the first ones to hear it so I'm I'm oh, excited yeah, so it's uh, definitely a cool project, and I had heard honestly a couple of days ago. And um, but the, it's very, very cool project. Very good way to to kind of go out, you know.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah, well, that was that was the hope and the heart, anyway.
1: Yeah, so obviously, what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna. The first thing I'm gonna ask you is kind of like to give a history on the band. Once we get the interview started, um, for those mm-hmm. listening in uh, that are not. Uh, quite familiar with the group, um, yeah, I, you kind of wonder where they've been if they haven't heard of the city Harmonics. so <laughs> but uh that's that's gonna be the first question and then then we'll jump on to uh the new live project and um talk about that, and then uh what we'll we'll kind of do kind of a song a behind the song thing on honestly mm-hmm. that's where we'll kind of close, and then you know what's next for you guys, so that's... sounds that's basically what we're going to do for the interview. So
2: let me get my microphone rolling here. Give me one second. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Let me. It's been a rainy, rainy day. I'm in here in
1: uh, central Florida, so it's been raining oh, sound wow. the last three days.
0: Uh no, Nashville is an unusually beautiful right now. It's normally very hot and kind of mean, but right now it's actually yeah. quite temperate.
1: Yeah, well plus you guys are it, it it actually I heard it is pretty hot up there in Nashville with the Predators man. They're in the Stanley Cup finals and
0: Oh dude. But the energy is
1: like unreal. Yeah. Are are you a hockey fan?
0: Oh, big time. Yeah, I grew up playing. I'm from Canadian, so I grew up playing and and kind of in Maple Leaf Nation, and uh, I'm still a pretty hardcore Leafs fan. They would definitely be my first love, but, I mean, they're not in the cause. finals, so I'm certainly enjoying the Preds.
1: All right, so I'll add that question, because that'll be cool. That kind of falls into the hockey town Nashville right now, so. Yeah, exactly.
0: Although we don't know what's going to happen by the time this airs. <laughs>
1: I know, right? So, totally. oh, hey, you never. We, we, uh, I'm a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, and we actually played, um, I believe we played the, the Penguins in the, I uh, admit, maybe it was the Stanley Cup finals a couple of years ago. We lost. No, it was the series before that we lost to them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah the Penguins Hawks have had was a good, good run. Yeah. Yep. All right, we'll go ahead and get started if you're ready to go. And it's the last, yeah. it's Dumber, right? The last name's Dumber? Yep. yep. Okay. All right, I just want to make sure I pronounce it right.
2: <clears throat> no, no, no trouble. Okay, let me. All right, looks like we're rolling here. All right then. Well, my guest on today's
1: show is the lead vocalist and keys player for Hamilton, Ontario, Canada-based worship rock group, The City Harmonic. I am pleased to have Elias Dummer joining us on the program today. Elias, how are you doing today, man?
0: Good, Jay. Thanks for having me, man.
1: Well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you dropping by. Well, you know, I was looking back and listening to your first record EP introducing The City Harmonic And I can't believe the record and the song Manifesto are already seven years old. I love that song and was really excited when that EP came out. But man, your I Have a Dream, it feels like home record from 2011 blew me away. I mean, you got Mountaintop, Holy Wedding Day, and your biggest charting single to date, I Have a Dream. And I have to say, records don't get much better than that one, man. It was phenomenal.
0: Oh, thank you. (laughs) That's very kind.
1: Well, so for those uh, who might not be familiar with the band, can you take us back to the first few releases and tell us about how the City Harmonic got started? Kind of give us a history lesson on the band, if you would.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, I think you mentioned this, but we are from a city in Canada called Hamilton, which is uh, just outside of Toronto, kind of in the shadow of the CN Tower a little bit. Um, It's probably helpful to think of Hamilton kind of like toronto's jersey or or like detroit or something like that it's this kind of really blue collar uh, hamilton is a city that used to make steel um, and in my childhood anyway um, because of the steel industry kind of collapsing uh hamilton had had little to boast except for the highest urban poverty rate in the country so i grew up a few blocks from those neighborhoods actually and uh it was just something that was kind of the elephant in the room you know you, you had to deal with the fact that Hamilton was a poor and struggling town. And about 15 years ago, probably actually now more like 17 years ago, um, a couple of pastors started to work together and pray together and say, what would it look like for our churches to kind of come hand in hand, even though we're from different denominations and denominations that disagree on some things anyway, and what would it look like for us to work together for the good of our city and invest in some of these neighborhoods that uh, have otherwise been abandoned. And, and so that's what happened. Two churches became four, became 10. And to this date, this organization, which has since become known as True City, is like 26 or 30 churches working together for the good of the city, sharing their people, their resources, their ideas, and have multiple joint missions projects going around the city. So in, in, in a really incredible way, all of us in the band grew up uh, in the midst of this incredible move of God as the church came together in unity um, to bless the city. And in that time, Hamilton has been transformed radically. So we went from the highest urban poverty rate in the country to this incredible uh, urban renewal, and and, and now I think it's the top or or second uh, real estate investment city in the country. So incredible things have happened. So that's the backdrop. Around that time, this is about 10, 12 years ago, uh, I started working with a couple of student leaders at a Bible college in town and uh, the activities coordinator there and some youth pastors as this movement of united missions was happening. And so we started an event called Cross Culture and we would bring together, uh, it was part of True City and we would bring together these students from all these different denominations and different, different kind of Christian traditions and we would say, great, let's, little, let's have a little kumbaya in the morning so everyone gets kind of the idea that this is a worship event first and foremost, but then send all of these people out to one of the dozens and dozens of nonprofit kind of mission organizations that exist in a town with a need such as Hamilton. And so that's what we did. And, and, and at its peak, there's five or 600 high school and college students going around town cleaning up needles at the skate parks and in some of the rougher neighborhoods. And the news started to show up and all this sort of stuff and say, why are you guys doing this? And on public news, these college students would be like, well, Jesus loves us and we believe that worshiping Jesus looks as much like this as it does like singing songs. And, and, and that sort of that played on public news in Canada, which was shocking. Um, but we would get back together again at night and we would have this big raucous worship night kind of fueled by the sweat and tears of, of urban missions. And we'd come together from different churches and do our best to lead a pretty diverse group of Christians in this passionate time of worship. And uh, that worship team, which was comprised of guys who'd known each other many years but were part of different churches, uh, that worship team became the City Harmonic.
1: Well, that's awesome. And you guys went on to do quite a few records and songs. And, you know, speaking, of you're talking about Hamilton being – one of the highest, you know, poverty-stricken cities in Canada. Um, it's it's awesome to hear the story of how what you guys were doing and the work you were doing has transformed that city. And that's only a work that you can really credit God to doing because it really takes uh, the Lord moving in on something to do something that big. So that's 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 awesome. That's a, a big hallelujah right there, man.
0: Absolutely. And I think getting the church, and and I'm here in Nashville now, and and I see this all the time. I mean, I think getting the church and people of the church to think of themselves sort of like, you know, I I think it was Judah in captivity or Israel in captivity, forgive me. Um, But there was this sort of sense of needing to invest even in Babylon, in the good of the city of Babylon, because what's good for Babylon is good for them. And that was a a command of God through the prophet. So you get the sense of, like, for us as the church today, we've long looked for society to solve our problems instead of us going out to solve, graciously solve and love the people who are broken and needy in our communities. And I think it's it's time that we really did that. And in our city anyway, incredible things
1: happened as a result. Well, you know, Jesus said uh, in the Bible that you know whatever we do for the least of these we're doing for him, so it's 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 amazing the the work that you guys are doing with that, and you know it's I guess it really depends on what part of the country and you said you're in Nashville, you know I live here in central Florida, and I know that uh it 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 works differently in different parts of the country. you guys are in what's considered the Bible belt, so down here it's more mm. little little more uh liberal with stuff down here, so it can be kind of more difficult to try to get work like that done. But as you said, you know, it's, it's something that, that we have to do and that we're called to do as Christians.
0: Well, and that's kind of what I mean. There's, there's nowhere more liberal than Canada. So, and, and, it's, and for me, it isn't about politics necessarily. It's, it's really about the kingdom. It's saying politics are not a real obstacle to kingdom work. They're an obstacle potentially to comfort, but that's it. And so I think in a lot of ways, we need to set the politics aside and get on with working together, even though we might have theological differences. I mean, we're a band, we'll often joke, you know, something to the effect of like uh, an Anglican, a Methodist, and a Presbyterian walk into a bar, it's the City Harmonic. You know what I mean? Like it's a sense of like become like the bar not being necessarily a place where we're drinking, just a context for a joke. But But here, but here we are, kind of coming together from these different traditions. And in a lot of ways, some of them would be, you know, if you're a staunch Calvinist or a staunch Arminian, we would come in some, on some issues from opposite sides of the fence. But we're both hanging onto that fence because it looks a lot like the cross. And I think that, that that, for me, is really where the world looks on the church. Even a society that is post-Christian in every way can look on the church and say, that is a group of people who... I'm still trying to figure out their Jesus, but, man, they are for me, not against me. And I think right. that's one of the, great, the greatest gifts the church can give to a community and a neighborhood is being for that neighborhood, not against that neighborhood. And, and anyway, I mean, so for us, it led us to write all kinds of songs. And for us, it, it really um, led us to always try to keep that heartbeat of mission and worship as as closely as we possibly could I, to the point where I would say it's really, really hard to think that you can do much or mean much of worship if your, if your, if your sense of worshiping God is totally divorced from the sense of, of day-to-day faithfulness and worshiping God through mission.
1: And you know what, Elias, I've, you know, I've, I've worked with different denominations and stuff. I go to a Baptist church myself, but yeah, um, I remember, I remember years ago I actually had, put together an event that was trying to bring it's kind of like a ministerial association for events. I tried to bring this together to do some concerts and stuff and I was shocked at how many of the different churches did not want to partake in that because we were of different denominations. And I'm like, I don't understand that. I said I said, you know, the Bible says that we serve one God, one Savior, and that's it. And I think that a lot of the time as uh, and I'm holding up my quote fingers. Denominations often
2: yeah.
1: uh, don't look outside that. They're like, okay, well, we have different we have different small beliefs, but we have one common belief that Christ is a savior. He rose from the dead to save us from our right. sins, and he sits right. on the right hand of God right now. So, I'm like, that's that's our common ground. Let's figure that out because if you look totally. at it from a from an outsider's point of view. You've got people who are not Christians, who are unsaved, nonbelievers, who are looking in and saying, "Wow." There's so much division within the church. Why do I want to be a part of that? And, and I have to remind people, I'm like, let's put these denominations aside. And that's what you guys seem to do with the City of Harmonic. You guys, okay, you came from different backgrounds, different denominations of the church. But you guys are coming together for one common goal, and that's to lift Christ up to the world. And I think that's what a lot of people seem to forget. They seem to forget that that's the goal of what we're doing. We're here to show Jesus to the world. And Absolutely. sometimes sometimes the politics of the church itself kind of get in the way of doing that. It's, 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 it's sad sometimes, you know?
0: Totally, yeah. And, and, I mean, this has been something we were commissioned to do by True City. So in 2011, they actually gathered us at the annual conference of all these churches, and there was, you know, 400 people in the room. And about 26 different uh, church leaders and some lay leaders uh, laid hands on us to send us out to do exactly that, to try to encourage movements like that, which has shaped us so profoundly in Hamilton, um, in other cities. And so we spent the latter half of 2015 trying to do exactly what you talked about. So we would go and we'd reach out to ministerials in, I think it was 18 different cities across the United States, and the members of the band would get on the phones of pastors and say, hey, we really, here's what happened in Hamilton, we want you to participate in this roundtable. And one of the things we found about uh, work in unity especially, which was true in Hamilton as well is that ministerials obviously can be a great thing. Um, but sometimes our efforts to unite for the sake of uniting uh, fall flat. And, and part of why I think that is is that pastors and everybody else are extremely busy. In some, in some contexts, they're, they're bivocational, and, and, and it's, just a hard, it's just a hard job, you know? And so it's like one more thing that's just for the sake of a pat on the back doesn't feel that, that motivating. And so we started to say, well, what what would happen then if instead of getting together to talk about how together you are, we would get together to define and identify an issue in our community that that we really and truly believe the community sees as plain as day. And if the church could address or at least help with that issue itself in a joint way, that that would not go unnoticed. And I'll tell you, pastors got excited about that.
1: Well that's because' awesome. it was, that's really the,
0: it was it was practical, you know it was something they could wrap their people around. It was a joint effort and a mission to to change the neighborhood and nobody needed to take credit because everyone was better off. Do you see what I'm saying?
1: Oh definitely well i i for one i'm 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 for that. I'd like to see more of that, and you know i I think that we're on our way to seeing that, it's just trying to get past that that barrier and sometimes it proves difficult, but, you know, that's, and that's my prayer. That's, you know, the city harmonic harmony. And that's one thing that, you know, we need to pray for is the harmony and coming together of the churches. So that's cool. And, you know, well, speaking of coming together, uh, the city harmonic came together to do a, your latest project called Benediction Live Worship from Churches Working Together in Canada. And that record comes out next Friday, June 23rd. And, Not only is this project the band's first live record, but sadly, it's the farewell project for you guys as well. And you were quoted as the saying, a benediction isn't a goodbye, it's a blessing, a sending. At the end of every worship service, a pastor will often say something that's known as a benediction. It's not a parting thought, it's a way of sending us out into the world to be the church, the hands and feet of Jesus to a hurting world. And many may wonder, Elias, after only seven years, why the curtain call now for the City Harmonic?
0: Ah, that's a good question. Um, I think for us, like this, there's a lot of different ways to do what people do in music. And I think for us, uh, we felt called together to do this, to write these songs together, to tour and travel, and sort of tell the story to the best of our ability. Um, But... But I don't know if there's necessarily like a pragmatism to it for us where, hey, we had some success, we should just keep going because that's going to define what success looks like for us, you know? I, I think for us it was really – we, we felt called oddly simultaneously um, to to close the curtain, to, to sort of say this is the end of the road for us as a band. Um, the weird thing about it is we're still – it's probably better friends than we've ever been. It is a very healthy uh, time. And and as we've sort of wrapped it up, it's been extremely healthy and just very good friends, which makes it odd that we would sort of say, Hey, now's the time. But at the same time, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, like I think of, you know, seasons five and six of the office, you know, like it it was kind of what were they there for, (laughs) you know? And so it's, it's, for me, I think like, there's a lot of things that go on just for the sake of going on, and we don't have time for that. You know, if we, if we sat down after we are and we said, man, we want to make a live record next, what do we want to do after that? And the answer for us was more of the same Then let's get back on with getting back to our local churches and writing songs however else we're going to write them because that sense of vision, I think, is essential to really going out and doing kingdom work. And so for us, um, redefining success or taking a step back and saying, does success just mean selling records? Does the success just mean putting out music and touring and doing all that stuff? Or does it mean perhaps moving on to new ventures because God has called us to? And I think for us, we fell in the later category.
1: Well, this live record features many songs that have been on the radio throughout the years, songs from your records, but you guys have offered fans a brand new song as well called Honestly. Absolutely. Can you take us behind the story of this song and share with our listeners today?
0: Yeah, um, this song is a bit strange in that it's both our newest and our oldest. Um, I first wrote Honestly uh, on my first trip down to Nashville to write with uh, Carl Carty and Ann Arnold 12 or 13 years ago now. And we'd never wrote a bridge. So it's a song that we used to play all over the places. We would leave and cross-culture back in the day. And then as we were kind of deciding to wrap it up, um, I, got, I got together again with Carl and Inadera to write a bridge for this song, sort of this moment we felt it had always needed. And so we did. And we, we wrote this bridge. And, and the song for us in a lot of ways um, captures the spirit of, what we mean by that whole benediction sending thing, you know? I think sometimes we confuse the will of God or the blessing of God with material things or, or platforms or influence or any of those things. Um, and I think at the end of the day, worship comes down to recognizing that those things are, are secondary to, to the desperation that we had the first time we realized we needed Jesus. And so the song... Talks, it's a kind of a dangerous prayer sort of song, uh, pretty heavily inspired by, uh, I think, Psalm 51, um, which often is talked about as kind of the creating me a clean heart psalm. But it goes on beyond that verse, which is well known, to say, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And so I think in a lot of ways the prayer of the worshiper is to be broken in a, in a healthy way to know that, it, that we are dependent and sustained by Jesus and that, that we need Jesus. It's not a good thing we add to our lives. Jesus is the breath in our lungs and, and the thing that gets us going. And so in those verses, you know, we talked to, could I leave behind all that's familiar if it meant that it all would be yours? Could I sit at your feet and forget about me and remember what I'm here for? And honestly, I need to be broken and honestly, I need to fall down go ahead and shake my foundation because honestly I'm figuring out that of all that I have, all that I need is you. And so I, we couldn't think of a more fitting prayer, um, perhaps beyond benediction itself to, to conclude our time together as, as a band and as friends.
1: Well, it's a great song and uh, it's like you said, it's a good way to kind of bring uh an end to what you guys have been doing all these years. And, you know, you mentioned Carl Cartier. I actually remember, I I haven't heard that name in a long time. I actually remember uh, his 2006 record, Unfailing, was one of my favorite records from the past 10 years. I actually got a chance to meet him uh, at Rock Universe back in 2006. Um, And he was actually, I think they were working on the same label as December Radio. I don't know if you've heard of them. They were way back when. Uh, But, yeah, I met Carl and Cool guy, I love that record. That's that's it's weird. You mentioned that name. I'm like, man, I haven't heard that name in a long time. I wonder if uh, yeah, he's still totally. recording, kind of. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. Yeah, he trains worship leaders, which is yeah, pretty close to my heart. So,
1: <laughs> it's what he's doing today. Well, that's awesome. Well, so, well, many may wonder now that the city harmonic time has come to a close. What's next for you, Elias?
0: Yeah, well, all of us have probably, unsurprisingly, pretty quickly found our way back into uh, serving the church as closely as we can. So um, I'm, I, about a year ago, uh, well, actually almost two years ago now, started working with my neighbor in a, a kind of a very missional and local church plant here in my neighborhood in Nashville now. And um, that's been going with weekly services for just over a year. Uh, I believe we're one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing, uh, church plant within our denomination, which is the UMC. Um, and that's been an incredible experience It's just been amazing to see what God is doing uh, it, it, for a lot of folks in this area who um, have not have maybe stepped away from the church I think that's pretty common in Nashville um, a lot of folks have sort of come alive again and in, in seeing Jesus not for the first time but at least afresh and that's been an incredible thing to be a part of um, and uh, yeah I mean we're, we're at about between six and seven hundred people a week in just a year and a bit um, I know Eric, who uh, was our original bass player, who left the band about a year ago to plant a church. Um, Aaron is on staff at an Anglican church in Canada now, and Josh is also in leadership at a at his church in, in Hamilton, which I believe is a Presbyterian church. Um, and, and that's sort of been I mean, it's probably no surprise. Uh, for Aaron and I, we're both working on music, but um, as to when it comes out, you know, it won't be long, but it was not tomorrow. And... Uh, for me, anyway, um, the focus is very much, again, on, on these songs that are coming out of the incredible experience we're having at our church and, and seeing what God is doing there. And, and I don't know, I, I have always, as long as I've been a Christian in the church, writing these songs of worship and, and devotion has always, sort of, has always been really close to my heart. And so doing that and training worship leaders in my church context has been pretty high on my list. Um, although I've already started to see some events come in where I'm playing and playing some city harmonic songs and leading worship around the country, and that's been exciting. So I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, for me, success is about being faithful to Christ, and, and Christ right now has put in front of me this incredible uh, church. I'm, a, I'm not the senior pastor by any means, but, but really involved, and uh, it's just been an amazing, amazing thing.
1: Well, that's great. Well, the City Harmonic has enjoyed success in the Christian music industry, having been nominated for a Dove Award, won a Juno Award, and nine GMA Covenant Awards. And I asked many of our guests this question, what is it that you want music fans to remember the City Harmonic for the most? What do you want people to take away, especially after listening to this final live project, Benediction Live?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, there's, a, there's a lyric in the song that we have called Benediction which was both on I Have a Dream and is obviously the title track of this live worship album Um, and and I think it probably best captures our DNA besides just the idea of of unity within the church Um, it's this little slip away lyric it's sing like you mean it and live No, sorry live like you mean it and sing like you're living for God so I think I think for me, it is the fact that our faith is a holistic faith. You know, it's something that comes to bear on our whole selves as a whole person, and, and we have to bring it to bear on real people in the world and not simply try to pursue a lost soul but try to love a lost person in every way. Um, and and if, if there's one thing that people take away from our songs and they listen to all of them, I suspect it's probably that.
1: Well, that's great. Well, Elias, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And we pray that God blesses this project and the path that he has ahead for you guys all individually. And just thank you so much for joining us today on Kingdom Builder. We appreciate it so much.
0: Thanks, Jay. really appreciate your time.
1: All right. That's where we'll end the interview. And what I'll do is um, I can send this to Rick, send this to you, but... um, what I generally try to do with our interviews is I try to insert radio tags or radio liners. So if I okay. send those over to him, could you, could you record a couple of those? I don't know if you have an iPhone, the voice memo app's really good with recording those, but, um, I want to kind of how, insert that. I, mean,
0: I have, I have a whole, I have a whole studio in my house. So if you want me to do something, I can do a liner on anything. That's fine. It doesn't have to be an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, what I want to, what, what I was wanting to do is, um, is, you know, kind of like, it's like, hey, this is Elias from the City Harmonic and you're tuned into Kingdom Builder. Uh, there's like gotcha. three or three or four liners that I try to get people to record because what I do is, Kingdom Builder is a show. Um, Today's Christian Entertainment is a website that does reviews and stuff. But Kingdom Builder is actually a show that airs every Saturday on an online radio network called One Jam Nation Radio. So okay. what we do is not only does, do we use the liners for the show itself but when we insert like we have we have your old singles and stuff from the city Harmonic yeah. running on the station right now so what we do is we actually take the radio tags and put them right before like hey this is Elias from the city Harmonic totally. and you're listening to one Jam radio and then we go to, to play right into the song so yeah that's but cool. yeah that's I, great. I can send those over to rick and whenever you have some time to record those that would that would be great yeah
0: I'm actually slated to do some voiceover tomorrow. So if you, if you wanted to um, send that today or tomorrow morning, then I'd be able to probably get that done for you tomorrow.
1: Okay. That sounds good. Awesome. Yeah, we're not – the show won't run until next Saturday, though, on the 17th. No, totally so we're, yeah, so I'll send that over to him, and you can either send him back to me or send him through him, whatever, whatever's good for you.
0: Awesome. Thanks, man. That's great.
1: All right. Well, thanks so much for your time today, man. And I uh, hope to hope to meet you someday if you're ever here in Central Florida. Yeah, man, absolutely. All right, Elias.
2: Thanks so much, man. Have a good one. All right. you. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.